Live from the Bills' famous cheese spread studios in the downstairs pub, the Blockout Sports Pod is back on the air. Behind the master control desk in the aforementioned downstairs pub, I am your host and moderator for the evening. My name is Travis Carter. Over my right shoulder at the high top table, as always, is the big fella, the tuna country, Matt Kempf. And bellied up to the bar, a man who pops a bottle of champagne at 11.59 every single night of the year, the fabulous one, <laughs> Freddie Benders. Fellas, how are we doing? I think it was 11.59 a.m. <laughs> uh, for those 12 o'clock uh, college football games, yes. Or no. 12 o'clock. Notice I did not celebrate specify. Celebrating Price is Right. I did not specify. <laughs> Maybe a hit of OJ in there. No. Yeah. Fellas, how are we doing tonight? Good, Doing man. Good, good, man. Yeah. Good. Busy week. Crazy week. Yeah, has, crazy week. It has been a crazy week. Uh, before we get started, I'd like to remind everybody that we are on Twitter at BlockoutPod. That is at BlockoutPod. Uh, as always, we'd like to thank everybody that's been listening, that's reached out to us uh, with feedback. Um, once again, fellas, we have to start the podcast oh. this week with something heavy rather than the usual frivolity that uh, surrounds sports. Man, what happened Monday in Cincinnati is something that I've never seen before. I don't think anybody really ever has and something that I hope to never see again. Of course, we're talking about the uh, DeMar Hamlin situation. If you've been living under a rock for the last week and don't know quickly, um, the Bills were playing the Bengals on Monday Night Football, a huge game. Uh, I know that we all had several friends that were at the game. I've talked to some people that were at the game. Uh, everyone talked about what an incredible atmosphere it was just around town the day of leading Crazy. up to the game. Mm. And then, what, about halfway through the first quarter, um, Hamlin and T. Higgins collide in the middle of the field. Hamlin gets up, immediately falls back down, and from there it turned into a literal life-or-death situation. Um, without getting into too many specifics, they did resuscitate him on the field. He was taken immediately to a local hospital where today, thankfully, uh, we got some great news that Neurologically, everything seems to be fine um, and that he is making some unbelievable progress, according uh, to the doctors and to the team and the statements that they've released uh, officially from the yeah, NFL. Great but, news. Great news. Uh, I feel like we can talk about it a little bit better now, you know, right, with right. positive things happening. That's exactly right, because uh, there was certainly a time there especially watching it unfold live on television Monday night where I was not sure that the outcome was going to be one that we would really want to speak about. Fellas, I uh, just wanted to get your thoughts and reactions on uh, watching that and what you guys thought. Yeah, I thought, uh, I mean, obviously it was scary. Just I think the scariest part was um, watching the players on the field, their reactions. Um We've all seen players get hurt and, and, and loss of movement on the field. Um, and, and that's scary enough as is and, and how the players bond together. This just seemed like a different scene. Um, 
and it was hard to really tell what was happening, but you just seen tears running down. You seen just the look of devastation in these guys' eyes, and, and basically they were watching their brother, their teammate, get resuscitated for nine minutes um, was and my understanding. you're getting storylines from their faces because – no one at the game had any idea what was really going on because I, from what I've heard from my brother-in-law and other people who had great seats that you, they were never the, – the announcer never came on to say anything, which was I'm sure was a smart move. So it was almost like cell phones are going off crazily, but really people on TV are going by the facial expressions of these grown superhero athletes. Right. And that's what really is crazy about it, you know. I mean, uh, go ahead. I have a, some other things. My uh, my cousin's husband is uh, a podcaster that uh, has a podcast dedicated to the Buffalo Bills. Two Bills in a Pod, by the way. You should check it out. It's really good. <laughs> what a name. Um, it is good. And uh, he did a radio hit uh, with a Buffalo station that he – does one with every week and he was at the game uh they live in indiana over in uh indianapolis but uh he was saying he couldn't have said it any better yeah it was actually really good i listened to the whole thing he actually made the point that the stadium pa announcer never even mentioned who the player was that oh, was down and right. he was he was trying to just look out there and by sight figure out who he couldn't see right. um so and i found that interesting too when they panned to the crowd you could just see everybody on their phones you know whether they were calling texting looking at twitter um but for those of us that had uh the ability to be at home watching on television i just wanted to say right off the bat I'm not sure that ESPN could have handled that any better. Buck and Aikman were fantastic. When they went back to the studio, the studio guys. Adam Schefter and uh, and Ryan Clark. And Booger. And and Scott Van Pelt came on later. Van Pelt was fabulous, as as he always is. But I, I really thought they did. And, man, ESPN catches crap all the time some of it rightly deserved but they really showed in that moment i think how good they can be when they have the right talent to you know explain the situation the mixture between guys that played uh long time journalists and uh, it just came together in such a unique way and i i I think something to understand there with, with those guys is you understand they're processing the information the exact same way that we're trying to at home. Right. So imagine sitting on your couch and trying to react to this with all of America looking at you for answers. Right. Um, Right. And one thing that we see, like, like I mentioned before, we we see players go down and and they'll be down with no movement for, for a stretch of time. But we always get that feeling of comfort when they're taking them off the field and you see that thumbs up or you see the hand move and the wave to the fans. Like, we didn't get that, and their teammates didn't get that. So right. I think that's that's one thing that everybody was just watching this with just curiosity. Like, America was just dealing with tragedy at, at, at one time, and we didn't really – right. ESPN nailed it. They and, Every one of those guys was, was spectacular. And you know I sent you guys a uh, text that I, I've been kind of 
thinking about this, that, and the other about it um, through listening to ESPN throughout the days or whatever. And, you know, it's kind of amazing. It really struck me that that it happened in Cincinnati, which is where two of the biggest uh, head uh, trauma situations have happened this season. And I'm talking about two, well, and, and just this past week, they had a situation there uh, with another one. I, I mean, was that Tua as well? I, well they both weren't Tua, but no. I know one of them was Tua. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they had another situation last week uh, that I heard one of the uh, Bengals uh, people talking to, Adam Schefter was talking about it. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what is a little crazy, and maybe I'm going taking it too far, but you know, with it, ha- I almost feel like with it happening at Cincinnati, uh, that these people, you know, I'm not saying I'm saying every medical staff is probably ready to go for anything like this, but they weren't. But not everyone's ready for this. But for well, it to have happened at Cincinnati. This was actually the Bills assistant athletic trainer, uh, Denny Kellington, that who, who deserves all the credit in the is world. Is that the guy? Okay. He was the one that immediately came out and, and, right. and recognized that resuscitation needed to be done. Um, and they had to get all that equipment out. I almost absolutely. feel like that they had it. Maybe just mm-hmm. maybe they just had it ready in the right areas that other places like, say, Denver with 20-degree weather. Oh, we got to get that out of the... You know what I mean? Just if you really mm-hmm. break it down that this guy has seconds of when you're talking resuscitation and blood to the brain and everything. Every, every second counts. Every second counts. And, and for him and his team and the Bengals team and all these people to come together that did the work, the medical people, for this guy to have happened what happened today. Uh, and I've listened to some of the surgeons on ESPN or whatever that are saying, two days and he's already opened his eye and grabbing hands is just amazing and man it's a true testament to these people and i'm sure they'll be recognized and they probably don't want to be mm-hmm. but you know everything happens for a reason and i almost feel like that it all happened there and and that any maybe at another venue it may not have cu- turned out the same way had it not been for them being on point and on high alert that these other concussions and things like that have happened there. It's, it's like Travis uh, you know mentioned I mean? earlier it's, it's with eerie the, feeling. the proximity to the hospital, to the True. stadium, yes. was such a big factor. As uh, Like if it was to happen in, say, Kansas City, where the stadium's a 30 to 40-minute drive right. from the hospital. Helicopter, or, you know, whatever. Orchard Park in Buffalo, you know, places like that. But it, it being as close to the University of Cincinnati Hospital as it is. And for them to have a, a world renowned cardiac unit right. is, is that that's a big deal there. So Yeah. It uh, if it if it was gonna happen, that was the time and the place for something like that to happen. Um, and poor T. Higgins, I you know, I hope that I, I I haven't heard any backlash on him, but I know that his name comes up. Oh, I have. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, ha- and has it, he? And it's nonsense. Yeah, it's been it's been oh, terrible. My God. That, that shows how awful people ridiculous. are. Ridiculous. It's like you know, I did hear someone say, you know, that's what we're trying not to get taken out of the NFL. And and not that he did anything wrong, but they're trying. You know, I'm like, Ugh, don't even say that because then they're going to pinpoint that 
on him. It was making just a normal hit. football play. Yeah, I'm not it, it, sure how there offense. could be anything malicious that T. Higgins did on that play. There isn't. There's, period. There's not. Like there. There's no way. Like I. I don't know. I don't understand how he's getting backlash. But that just goes to show that like there's awful human beings out there, and social media brings out the worst in people when tragedy comes up. Brings out the best and the worst. There's some, you know, great people and there's some awful. Well, yeah. Uh, one great thing that I did want to say is uh, uh, Hamlin had that uh, toy, you know, a, 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 mm-hmm. a, a fund for uh, getting underprivileged kids toys. Mm-hmm. And he had uh, set originally when he put it together, he had set the goal 2, to raise twenty five hundred dollars as of this afternoon. It was hovering around seven million dollars. Wow! And that, and let me say one thing that I thought was really cool. Not just that, you know, a lot of celebrities and people in the sports world and uh, franchises have donated money. I saw something today that a lot of fantasy football leagues, because hmm. of the way that. The game ended, thus their season ended, not having a clear winner. A lot of fantasy football leagues were sending their entry fee, you know, potentially the winning money, were sending that in in the name of their fantasy league to his toy drive, and I thought wow. that was super cool. Yeah, and and that's part of it, too, on the negative side, that fantasy football, you know, that fantasy football has brought out the worst – in me, <laughs> so oh, is that, is that what I can it? only imagine other people, and I'm not saying anything that had to do with that. I would not uh, obviously yeah. have been complaining that the game ended or whatever, but I'm just talking about how you take players and these athletes and these superhero mm-hmm. type guys and their lives for granted on the line, and you're like, this bum's not doing nothing, and I am the king dog of saying that. And it makes me look in the mirror and say, and you know, and say, you know what, you need to be a better person when it comes to that kind of stuff, you know. So well, I'm gonna uh, tell you that, that was, makes you think a little bit. That was probably one of the um, most positive things that I seen happen that night was uh, the coaches getting together after being told by the NFL that you have five minutes and get your teams ready, and. Um, for those guys, for, for Zach Martin, I give him a ton of credit. Um, or Zach Taylor. I don't know why I keep calling him Zach Martin. He's a douchebag. But but he was great that night. Um, but uh, anyway, for him to go over there and look at, at uh, McDermott and say, what what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Right. And he said, we're, we're not going to play this game tonight. And he pointed and he said, let's go to the locker room. And they, against the NFL rules, or, or what they was told, the NFL direction, they went to their locker rooms to gather their thoughts because the coaches know more than anyone that these are human beings and not just right, not just you can't go numbers. Back out there and and try that's to hit someone. The NFL has a hard time at looking at these people like they're actual human beings. They're just employees in their mind. But what great news that this guy is doing that that Hamlin is doing. The, what they are saying as of today. Yeah, I mean, uh, we couldn't we couldn't have anticipated. I don't think a better outcome having set through what we did uh, on Monday collectively uh, as a sports watching public, the three of us specifically, I know we were all discussing it uh, on text as it happened and things like that. And so uh, thank goodness that it's worked out 
the way that it has. And uh, for like the third consecutive episode, I'm going to say there is really no great way to transition from talking about something like that to getting into uh, the reason why we do this podcast, which is to talk about the lighter side of sports and uh, the actual games. So we'll just go ahead and jump right into it. I have one word. Yeah, can I... Add to this oh, please. Transition. Um, <laughs> please. I feel like one way to transition out of this is to discuss whether or not they're going to make this game up. What are your all's thoughts on that? And they're not. Th- is that official? Yes. Okay. When did that come out? Like an hour or two ago? Yeah. Probably, okay. Probably two hours ago. Okay. So now that what... was according to the AP. I did see it according to the AP. In case anybody has any questions, it said. The NFL does not plan heard, on making this game up. Did I've heard they there's dis- all kinds of things on the table. That's all what, kinds that, of ideas. That's what my understanding was. Like, did you hear what far- Schefter said about the Chiefs? I don't know. What 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 did he say? He said that the Chiefs might be willing to. No, that's he's drunk talking. Okay. Schefter doesn't know what he's talking about there. I, I I know that that was a rumor going around earlier that they there was a lot of pressure getting put on the Chiefs that they should step back and and say hey. Um, Bengals or or Bills because and the reason this would play a factor is so many scenarios have been thrown around on what how the NFL is going to handle this and I've heard as far as them adding an eighth playoff team this this week and creating Mm. two first round buys Mm -hmm. which would create my ultimate conspiracy theory of why the Chiefs-Raiders is the first game played this weekend. Ah, that makes sense. And yes. that way, if the Chiefs lose, lose. that game to the right. Raiders, then right. both those teams get a bye week, right. which makes me believe that there's no way the officials are going to let the Chiefs win that game. I didn't think of that. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'm not saying they're not going to let them win it. But, no, that was, that was tongue-in-cheek. there in is cheek, a scenario but up at, that they have that, to think about that's absolutely. not fair. And there's a reason that that was put on right. at a 4 o'clock game. I got you. So, on Saturday. I'd just like to say uh, I'm reading this straight from the uh, Rochester Democrat and Chronicle. Uh, the NFL decided on Thursday afternoon that the game between the Buffalo Bills and Cincinnati Bengals will not resume, according to a report from the Associated Press. Um, it was clear it was going to be a logistical nightmare to try to wedge the resumption of the game uh, into the schedule with the regular season ending Sunday. The league is known to have gone through several permutations of what could have been done, but in the end they decided the most prudent choice was to wipe it from the slate. The league now must decide how to proceed with the playoff seating for the teams in the AFC because the Bills and Bengals will have played one fewer games. And they... One scenario I heard was the winning percentage, not record. Uh, That's uh, the last paragraph of this article says, what will certainly happen is that winning percentage will have to be the determining factor in whatever format the league decides. Which would give the Chiefs the number one if they was to beat the Raiders this week. They would have the highest winning percentage. Right. So. I guess. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Which... (laughs) Would set up, if that was to happen, a potential Bills-Bengals um, divisional round playoff game if they right. was to win their respective games Right, heading into that. It'll be interesting how they said. I'm sure they'll do the right thing. 
Yeah, I'm just. I mean, what? what one thing I'm just really curious to see how these players are gonna react getting back on the field this weekend. And um, well, it's gonna be a lot easier with the good news that we absolutely, got. absolutely. But I, I feel like there still has to be something men- mentally there. Like, oh, of course there will. You be. know, going out there and I mean, when you go lay your body on the line each week, and you watch the guy that you do this with week in and week out have an issue like that. I don't know. It, I think that's a mental hump that you. Some of these guys can get right. over, and some of them may dwell on it. But right. I think that's good. The NFL is like providing, um, you know, therapists for the, these guys to talk to. Of course. So I know of someone that is talking to a therapist right now, and his last name is Ruggles. Ruggles. Yeah, he's a kicker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I think it's okay. time. <laughs> That's the transition we were looking There's for. There's the transition. Right there. I was immediately thinking Riggles, the actor. Don Ron Riggles. Riggles. I was like, what's wrong with Ron Riggles? Don Ruggles. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, leave it up to Freddie. So, I think uh, we're about out of time here. We don't have time to talk about college football this week. Isn't that right? Hell, we don't. <laughs> So, uh, for once, uh, the college football playoff semifinals, uh, both games lived up to their billing. Wow. Unbelievable, exciting, down to, you know, on one case, the last play of the game. Uh, In another case, the last drive of the game. Uh, We had an upset and a near upset. Uh, Tuna, give me your thoughts just quickly on what you thought of the semifinals. Well, first of all, I'm going to go into the Michigan TCU game. We have to. Um, that, uh, I, I believe I said last week that <laughs> Michigan will over physical TCU. Right. They will, they're, they're a team that will just come out and punch you in the mouth. I think you said they were going to, it was going to be a cute. They've done a cute job. Well, cute uh, job. I said that I've given TCU a lot of crap, but after the Big 12 championship game, I gave cute them a story. lot of respect. It was a cute story. <laughs> Look, I, I'm i bought in now. I don't know. I'm all in on TCU. I don't know what to say now. I'm pulling for the Horn Frogs. I'm all about Hypnotoad. I'm going to get me a Hypnotoad shirt. Love these guys. Max Dugan. Love Sonny Dykes. Never thought I'd say that. Still don't like him, but I'm lying to myself right now. Did, let me say this. Keep going. I what? just want to throw this in as you're talking. Did you know that ten of the eleven of the twelve or what ten of the eleven starters started l- last year for TCU? Uh, yeah, yeah. In that losing, whatever. yeah, they they were. It's amazing. They, I think they finished last year six and seven or seven and six. One of the two. Yeah. I forget. Forget which Unbelievable. one. Unbelievable. Keep well, going. I mean, we'll touch on that later. Like, look at Tulane being like two and ten oh, last year. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, um, another cute story. TCU's just. <laughs> <laughs> I got my notes down. No. So, but anyway, I uh I'm sold on TCU. I'm never going to doubt them again. That was uh I say that and they're going to get punched right in the face this week coming up. But, but their defense they're, played they're, so good. They 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 weathered that storm. They were like, "We don't care how physical you are, Michigan. Keep punching us man. and we're going to punch right back at you." And it was watching their oh, defensive line operate. Oh, their D-line. It was it was incredible. Linebackers. Um I mean, we've all watched TC. They've never played like that this year. I didn't know that they had was... an All-American cor- first-team quarterback, a, a corner. Did you know yeah, that? Yeah. I didn't know that. I missed I'm su- that. I'm surprised because you always text me whenever you're upset that like some kid from the SEC didn't make 
All-American team. You know that's my backfield, defensive backfield is my favorite thing. But this what was kid the, played throw great. A fit about Brock Byers not being first-team All-American over Michael Mayer. Yes. Yeah. Well. Well, God were, damn, dude, Well, we'll talk. But about you missed that the cornerback. But anyway, we'll talk about that shutdown later. So let's go on to the Georgia game. No, no, keep going because I want to talk about Michigan for a minute. Okay, well, we can keep going I on that. That, like that was that was my biggest takeaway of that game was how well that that TCU defensive they line were played. Just trucking. That was they, an incredible they had a flow. You want to talk about a team that had mm-hmm. momentum, a flow. You know, you see teams when you say they just don't that they they they're not on track right now. They're not on track. Like Bama LSU, that they were just they couldn't ever get their feet set. No, no, no. Michigan came out flat and never could get set. I don't think Harbaugh helped them get in and did, did him any favors well, on getting them the in thing, certain areas. You, you notice with Michigan, when they're Field forced position. to throw the ball downfield and play from behind, they cannot do that. True. That game is not true, there. True, true. So, um, the quarterback just did not look, you know, I mean, two pick sixes, what are you going to do? Yeah, J.J. McCarthy was, was uh, not they, it was not his game. But you did think in the second. It was his girlfriend's oh, game. They focused on her a lot. Did, where oh, was Musburger at? Where when was Musburger? <laughs> and folks, uh, there's Adriana. Uh, That's what being a Division One college quarterback will get you, did, boys. Did you, did you not think that they would come out in the second half, make some adjustments, and 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 – come out and actually start really and, and i'm not saying they didn't it, it, dude, they tried to the game was exciting yeah. as I th- hell i think michigan I, I is a happy uh, as a as a kite to see it they're they're pretty much what you see is what you get they're a physical overpowering dominant team like that when, when they can play you know that physical and punch in the mouth but the problem is when they go against a team that will weather those punches they cannot throw the ball they cannot finesse you they cannot come from behind big and they got exposed big time Right. I think Sonny Dykes coached a hell of a game. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Travis. And I thought it was interesting on that first pick six when they went back and showed how the play developed. It was clear to me mm-hmm. that TCU's defensive backfield did not respect Michigan's ability <laughs> not to one beat bit. them down the field. They no. sold out, buddy. And they did it all night long. Yeah, they did. They did it all yeah. night long. And I thought – Immediately when I saw that, I said, mm-hmm. hmm, this game may be a little bit different than what we thought it might have been. And I kept waiting and waiting. I was like, at some point, this defense is going to start wearing down. They're going to, you know, they're just going to, Michigan's going to start pounding on pain. They weathered all the punches. And like you said, their they're secondary, they sold out in that game and they were like, throw it on us. You can't do it, buddy. Right. And, and Well, think about it. Really, if you look back, Michigan never really had that many very, really good, good, good blue chip Marvin Harrison style receiver, junior style receivers. They, they're that running game. Quarterback making plays. No, they, there's they a reason blue out. chip receivers don't sign with Michigan. Right, like and Bell. Bell is a very good college football player. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But, no, he but, is. But he doesn't scare you running no. vertically. No, the way Not one that, bit. that a lot of these guys do. The fact that Marvin Harrison's going to be in the college football game again next year is um, <laughs> oh, that's scary. scary, man. That kid's so good. <laughs> So uh, good. I guess that takes us right into the other fantastic one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, quickly, before you guys, I turn it over to you guys to break it down, I want to say my biggest takeaway from the game was how cool it was that the last 
play of the game, the field goal, <laughs> lined up almost exactly to the second. I had my bubbly. Of the ball dropping in New York City. I was outside. Unreal. I was with Freddie. What a rough night for Ryan Seacrest. This big <laughs> moment got taken. Dude, dude, I heard Ryan Seacrest <laughs> say football three times. <laughs> <laughs> and so – I I was outside watching it on television. I could see in the window where all of our friends were watching the ball drop. Yeah, we had a TV outside. And and I it lined up almost perfectly to the second. I I I just thought that was uh a very unique thing oh, and did. something that was really cool. We we looked at each other and we're like, "Dude, this this kicker is going to kick this literally when 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 the the clock's gonna strike zero, I mean, strike I think, midnight. I think he kicked it twelve oh one. I think he kicked it in twenty twenty two, and he missed it in twenty twenty three. Dude, how did that, yeah, and you know, I think that might be true. At one point, uh, one of the announcers actually said it. I don't know uh, if you knew this, but they were like, "Wouldn't it be crazy if this game goes down to?" And that may have been one of them other channels that had all the different. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? How you have three different channels on Quad ESPN boxes. where you can watch yeah. it and hear the, oh, right. the actual Georgia announcers. Mm-hmm. And I, I've watched the game a couple times, uh, uh, both games actually. And at one point, they said the same thing. They're like, "Wouldn't it be crazy?" And it's there's like seven minutes to go if this game ends right at midnight. That's it's one thing cool that way that the app did was you could watch the game. If you got onto the ESPN app to watch the game. It is cool how they do all they, that. They 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 you could stream it with um like the home team's radio call synced up with oh, the yeah, game. Oh yeah, it's right. totally all, all the yeah. new stuff that they do with all that it's, is incredible. Yeah, and that, that's really They neat. had one I've actually been calling for this for years. They had one channel with no announcers at all. Yeah. Ooh. It was we, just we like got- you were at the game. <laughs> All you could hear was the PA. Yeah. Okay. The sounds of the, the game. The sounds of the game. We we couldn't find the channel. Remember the TV locked up and we're right. like, well, "What's going on?" Well, let's put it here for a minute. And we're like, "Listen to it." We're going, and it was cool. But then I bet like, just like all the weird sounds coming from the crowd. Yeah, like, that's what it was. Yeah. The band and yeah. all that. And it was like <laughs> you always got that drunk girl that always finds the microphone. Yeah. Into it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know, man. So. Let, let, let's go into this game. Um, yes, please. We're going to start us off with another bad take by me last week by saying that Ryan Day was going to get completely outcoached in this game, which did not happen. No. Ryan Day called an incredible game from yeah. start to finish. Yeah. That guy earned a lot of respect from Defense me. Defense played great. They did. Stroud was un- – now, that's where that I come kid. in. Stroud – I wasn't giving him any credit, and that kid. Well, that was the best game he's played oh since he's been God. in college. Oh my God, dude! He had some moves that when he when he threw that one pass in the corner to Marvin Harrison oh, Jr. Yeah. When he had, uh, like juke three people, I mean that that made uh, Bryce Young look uh, like an old man. I was like, oh my God, I had no idea that kid could do that. So I work and with I the, started getting juices flowing. Then when I saw that, I was like, uh Oh, I work with a diehard Ohio state fan from Cleveland. And, um, he told me the thing with, with Stroud was that he can't play in weather. And if you go back and look at all okay. his games, like Whenever he's struggled, it's always been in like poor weather, whether it's right. super windy or rainy or cold or whatever. And that game being played in a dome, he said, was the complete difference maker. 
I, I don't believe that it's all that. I think there was a lot going on. I think he went into that game with full confidence because his coach had him prepared for that game better than anything. And that kid played loose. He was firing the ball right. He exposed Georgia's defense. Uh, not that they're going to – I mean, they could easily recover from that quick. But Georgia's defense to give up 41 points is something you just do not see. Yeah. Well, I, I would like to remind uh, Chris Ballard uh, – the uh, GM of the Colts, that uh-huh. uh, the Colts do play in a dome. <laughs> and so if that is, in fact, true, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, you know, he could play the majority of his games in a climate-controlled uh, situation. I think the Colts are going to get Will Levis. <laughs> but, but, okay, so but let's keep hitting on. No, I'm with you. And, and real quick, I mean, before I exit off of this, Jerry, okay. I, I just want to say that Stetson Bennett, the fourth quarter performance by Stetson Bennett will go down oh. in history as one of the greatest like fifteen minutes of football played by a single human being. Dude, that that, that pass in the corner did, uh, to um, uh, I have his name down, Arian Smith, yeah, who Arian had Smith. a fantastic game. He did. He he came up out of uh, nowhere. Yeah, uh, hundred. I think one hundred twenty-seven yards, two touchdowns, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, but was unbelievable. He had to throw it hoping that he knew that route to yeah. catch that ball. I mean, it was the, the because Ohio State played great defense all night. Um but uh some things that come to mind uh that uh I mean, it, just the halftime score, 24 uh 24-28 Ohio State's winning. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that don't get your juices flowing for the second half, I don't know what will. Uh, on New Year's Eve, after you've already seen TCU upset Michigan in a great game. Um, and then uh, Harrison Jr., I mean, I, I want to bring up some of the plays that happened, some of the questionable. There were questionable calls that you want to break down, the play clock running out on Stroud a couple times. They didn't make the call. Big deal. Uh, the biggest play of the game, in my opinion, besides the timeout on the punt that Kirby – saw which was unbelievable that's what i was gonna bring up was was, Th- was the was, wherewithal to call that timeout right. right before they ran that that was punt. just luck man they're, they're saying just, well he saw something or someone in the in the, in the upstairs he, saw got, he something. got a word from the booth and he just threw but it, kirby like, is all over the place and uh you know i i don't know but it was a great and, call because they were gonna run and, it herb street i thought was gonna Pop out of his uh, uh, out of the press box. He was so excited during and this game. Whether it Herb was luck Street. or whatever it was, there's a bunch of college football teams that don't stop the clock. Right, right. You're that don't right. call that timeout. You're right. You're right. So you know, yeah, that's one reason. I mean, they mm-hmm. they are in that position for the second year in a row mm-hmm. because. They make right, luck like right. that. You're, you're it, absolutely right. It reminds it reminds me of a play, and I hope it's never forgotten because this play from Nick Saban was forgotten. Everyone thinks, oh, the decision at halftime to start Tua was a great was the greatest move in college football history. Hey, Can't it was have, a, uh, it was college a, football playoff it was, talk without it, Bama. Coming hold on out. a minute. It was, but, well, Kirby <laughs> is his disciple, so okay. hey, look, that, that's where it comes from. Okay. But the play that Saban should always be known for uh-huh. is when he had his All-American kicker on the kickoff do a pooch kick 25 yards in the air and have his receiver catch it mm-hmm. in the third quarter. That is the greatest play call that Nick Saban's ever made, 
period. Uh, the the corner, defend, the guy that caught does, it plays for uh, the Ravens. Does Nick Saban corner, defend kickoffs now? Like if they get caught in the end zone? What's that? Like Nick Saban. Like if a kick goes into the end zone, does he defend that now to, to stop a guy from running it back? The kick six was not in the CFP. <laughs> just, I'm just talking about yes, great coaching yes. decisions. He I don't now know, has like, his why every yeah. player on the field to make tackles. Okay, yes. I didn't know. Like, I just, but who's the corner for the Ravens? The all all, uh, all pro. He's the one that caught that ball. Um, uh, the, the Marcus. Star, Mar- uh, yeah, that that's who caught that ball. It's one of the greatest plays ever. No one ever talks mm. about it. And I think this play from Kirby will go down as one of the greatest timeout calls to not let that happen. However, the best play of the game, in my opinion, that got my juices really flowing on my third bottle of champagne was when Mar- when when Stroud is getting pushed back mm-hmm. 15 yards, he throws it like he's throwing it out of bounds, and even Fowler gets fooled by it. He goes, oh, he's just throwing it out of bounds. And Marvin Harrison has the smarts to run over and grab the ball inbounds. It goes down on the back of the end zone on the one. And then your boy uh, comes in and jacks him. Um, Bullard, who, by the way, got defensive MVP of that Mm -hmm. game. And, of course, the targeting comes out. He knocked Marvin Harrison out of the game. That was the play of the game, in my opinion. It was. Because if Marvelous Harrison Harrison Jr. Say Marvison Harrison. Marvison comes back in the game, we have maybe a whole other story because they could not shut him down. He was all Uh, over the place. But that play was amazing for everything that happened and how it happened. I completely agree, For Bullard to even see that he was going to try to catch it. And it was not targeting, folks. No, not, at not at all. all. Not at all. He just got jacked. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something marvelous. If you're going to be a little stud that wears your little watches and all your shit when you're playing and all that stuff on your cleats, Don't then you better shit. be you're able to stay in the game when it matters, son. Well, I don't think I don't think he had any choice in not being in the game at that point. I mean, I'm no. pretty sure the doctors said you can't go back in the game. But <laughs> it wasn't because you're wearing a watch. But he didn't get hit in the head. <laughs> he well, didn't I get mean, hit in the head. I mean, what, what was that? I guess a, I should what be. What a softie. Hold on. I shouldn't be saying that after what we've just I mean, talked about uh, tonight. Wait a minute. I just listened to Freddie go. I really looked at myself in the mirror and decided I wasn't going to talk like that anymore. And then here you, why would you go back in the game? Marvelous. You're soft. Mar- I would have worked on being a, a better person. Marvelous. I'm sorry. I hope you're doing well. Ice, ice up the chest. Ice up the uh, whatever. External. No, but I was so excited. I was so amped up when that happened. I was like, did you all see what happened right there? I mean, they looked like they were both knocked out. I thought both players were knocked out at mm-hmm. one time. Um, but, but yes, when it all came down to it, uh, I did question the run at the end from Ohio State, the running call. Yeah, I don't, that was a weird uh, that call. That was kind but... of a flat deal after all that had been going mm-hmm. on for him to make that play call. How about Kirby? How about this call? How about Kirby going for a field goal 
in the third quarter mm-hmm. to still be down 11 instead of going for it on fourth and goal and trying to get it in the end well, zone and being green. That makes sense because it's Man, a – Man, that a, took balls. No, it didn't. It I was, think it did. Uh I think it took more balls to kick the field goal than it did I, not I to I disagree. Go for. You're, you're making it a two-score game, and, and that's ultimately, you know. And I mean, I know it was a two-score okay, game before, I but you. like. If uh, Freddie remembers, I actually made that point. You did, uh, yes. When Travis ev- everybody else <laughs> yeah. was complaining about it. Yeah. And I said, that is absolutely the move you have to make I right now. Agree. I do that remember was, that. You can't be chasing points I, that I would early like in a ball game. I would like to see the analytics on that because I, I think that it would agree with it. I don't think that's a balls play. I think that's a numbers play. So I think you're probably right, Tuna. Well, what do you think's going to happen on Monday? Yeah, that's uh, that's really the uh, sixty-four thousand well, dollar question. I, Tuna, give me your uh, your immediate thoughts. What happens Monday night? I cannot go against TCU anymore because every week I do it, and every week they just shove it right down my throat. So I'm calling for the upset of all upsets. Um, TCU wins this game. Dude, I am right there on the cusp. Uh, I do say take the over for sure, and that is coming from Freddie. Um, do we but, know what? But CJ Stroud, the over right now? seventy-one rushing yards, three hundred forty-eight yards passing, four TDs, and you don't think that this guy from TCU can do that in California? Oh man, I, I, you know what really gets me is this game is in California, and that really makes it tricky. I really believe that. that uh, Georgia this is, fans aren't going to make dude, it to California? They will, but yeah. I don't know how many. Well, I'll they're be not honest, allowed to tailgate. There's going to – everyone that's in that state, and I'm not saying any Californians just going, hey, let's get tickets and go to the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because uh, I know how Georgia travels. Uh, but – Anyone, uh, the court, corn dog vendor is going to be pulling for TCU. I mean, uh, I really do believe that running back from TCU has to be healthy. Um, I, I do have some injuries here uh, that we need to look at. Obviously, Washington, the big tight end, who sometimes Jermaine is a factor Washington. in games and sometimes Well, he's not. just a physical threat that you have to focus right. on. McConkey. Played a few plays. He did get he a two-point conversion. He wasn't himself. He's not himself. And then the one of the big p- people that I, I'm finding out about that uh, I haven't heard many people talk about is Chaz Chambliss. Mm-hmm. Uh, total yeah. porno name. <laughs> I Chaz think total lacrosse Chambliss. name. Okay. Like that kid's Chaz. a lacrosse player somewhere. <laughs> Chaz Chambliss has a knee problem. Linebacker he's, Nolan Smith's already out. He's going to be covering the Masters one They've night. got... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's on the live tour. Yeah. Uh they have some linebacker issues at Georgia in this game and they did uh, against Ohio State. And well, their linebacker hey, showed. Where it, was it really Jalen Carter? Gone all day. Where was big boy Jalen Carter that's uh burping the baby? He was nowhere to be found in dude, that game. Dude, and like, where was, was Brock Bowers? I thought Ohio State shut down. I will say this. I do think that Kirby held him out because he's waiting to use him on Monday. I think he's got way more plays Brock? than he's going to. Yes. 
I think he Brock held was him out back. There Brock ran a lot. Of, he uh, he did a lot, lot of, of blocking and ran routes, and and people went if, with if him. If anything, you notice that they chased Stetson away from that side to where if he was going to focus on trying to find Brock, he was going to have to throw across his body. I think their game and plan Stetson's was to shut him really down. A guy. Yeah, it was because they forced him to roll out of that side. And I think TCU should do the same thing. Don't let out on that. Shut down Brock Bowers, and you're going to be in the same position. Mm-hmm. That Ohio State was in. See, my initial reaction was when TCU won that game, I said, they just ruined the college football championship game. And I really thought that. I was like, I would much rather see Ohio State, Michigan, or Georgia, Michigan. Thank God we don't hear cute again. (laughs) You're cute. You will. The Bengals' Bengals playoff (laughs) games are coming up. Don't even get me started. You'll hear cute quite a bit. And, Tuna, I was Uh, actually going to push back on that when you sent that text. Yeah. But I waited. Uh huh. And I'm glad to see now that you I will might own have up to it, man. Mind. I definitely changed my mind on that. I own up to that. It was my immediate reaction. But then there was something about watching Ohio State and Georgia play where I was like, you know what? I think TCU can give either one of these teams a run for their money. And the- of course they can. Mm-hmm. They just freaking beat Michigan. Yeah. Uh, I just. I had such the a hard back time is with hurt. TCU over you the know course, that. Of course of the season. The running back is hurt, yeah. has a knee problem, and I, he had a hell of a game, too. I will say that running back has to be probably the most interchangeable position on any football team. Okay. I, 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 uh, okay. I believe that. Maybe. Like, unless, unless you've got like a B. John Robinson, you know, Barry Sanders, you know, type Derrick Henry type guy or whatever. But I do believe I really think that the main thing in this game, and call me crazy, is that it's in California. I really do. I think it's the weirdest thing ever. It's so weird that they're not SoFi Stadium is not going to allow tailgating. Oh well, yeah, what about the tailgating situation? It, apparently, like, that's going to drive people batty anyway. Apparently, the thing. city put a bunch of money into these bars and restaurants that are around locally. Yeah, and we, they want those to be used. And yes, not, uh, we have five dollar sushi. <laughs> Five dollars sushi is a good deal. Sushi More like fifty dollars sushi. We have in a sushi and spritzers over here. Let's see. <laughs> I'm almost the complete opposite of that. Where uh-huh. if you've ever been to a bowl game, mm-hmm. which I'm sure both of you guys have, mm-hmm. Camping World Stadium, you're tra- <laughs> you're traveling there, right? Mm-hmm. More often than I mean, this is my, to me, this is my experience, is that you're not typically going there to tailgate you you go there you, you go to if you're a georgia fan or tcu uh, fan they're going to have right, they're going to have the, right. the, the tcu the fan parties the tcu they party have they're the going to have parties the, yeah. they're going to have the georgia party and then everybody else gonna is going to be in the bars and the restaurants around the stadium, right. like it's not this is like a I, Saturday. I disagree in with this. No, I agree, Travis. That's a great, great, because great. Point. I'm going to tell you the other you're, thing. You're going to be there for like three to five days if you're going there. Right. So you're going to see everything, and you're going to go to all the stuff around. But the tailgating in the parking lot with the mixed fan bases, and, and maybe like some of the bowl games I've been to are different compared, like because Liberty Bowl tailgating with Boise State fans, <laughs> Liberty Bowl. Well, I mean, <laughs> let's keep in mind the Liberty Bowl isn't exactly in the entertainment district either. If you're going to the game, hot dogs, $5. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the 2004 Liberty Bowl, which featured the two best 
teams in college football that were not in Power Five conferences, and that was Louisville and Boise State, to? the undefeated <laughs> Boise State, and the one-loss Louisville Cardinals. Anyway, great game. But there was something about tailgating with mixed fan bases there. Now, the one game that I went to, bowl game, that I did not tailgate like was, was in New Orleans for the Sugar Bowl. And yeah, the CFT there's nowhere different. to really tailgate around New Orleans. The whole city's a tailgate anyway. Yeah, the CFT so, is and different. Man, I've been to a bunch of bowl games. A lot of people want to mm. be in that stadium early. But I also think that when you trap, like, I mean, even just dumb stuff like mm-hmm. this, you fly across the country, you don't take a bunch of coolers and stuff right. with you. Yeah, exactly. Go, There's the, you don't yeah. have a car. Should we go get a pint? <laughs> you don't have a car. You probably don't know anybody in the, in yeah. the place that has a car. You go there. You go to the pregame party. You go to the bars and restaurants. But for them to the say there, there are people that are going to RV out there. There are people now, that are going to do that stuff. And for them to say that you well, can't tailgate, give the fans the option <laughs> to tailgate. If we're packing up and we're RVing out there to, for, for the game, like, think, and you're telling me that I can't set up and tailgate, screw you, Sofi. Like, I, I think that is an entirely different deal. If they had a, if they have a dedicated mm-hmm. RV lot, yeah. Because, I mean, trust me, most people, even if they're from there, aren't driving to the game. No, I I, I agree. You're going to wait but, in. You're going to understand, sit like, the... like, Georgia, for one, I don't know about TCU and their alumni, but Georgia has alumni all over this country. So if you're living in the state of Washington, you're living in Oregon, you're living in, you know, Montana or whatever. Maybe. And you're close enough, you're probably going to travel to that game via vehicle. And it would be nice to have the option to tailgate if you could. But my problem is, is for them saying that you cannot tailgate. That's what no, I don't like. I, and I agree. And uh, But I just think what you're talking about right now is what all of Georgia's talking about. And it's called uncomfortable. <laughs> like, this is just one thing that they're not comfortable about. They can't believe it's happening. The game's at 7.30, not at 8.30. Yeah. There are little bitty silly factors that factoring into this game that have me thinking that it is all in the Horn Frogs' favor this year. Like, they're not going to be able to get their country ham biscuits in the morning. They're going to have to settle for, like, seaweed uh, slushies you know or how smoothies. Hard, you know how hard it is to repeat there, Tuna? Oh, this is know. a repeat championship they're trying to get. Tell me about it, Bama boy. Against an inferior team, but mm. this inferior team has no pressure. It's out in California. It ain't in Atlanta. Oh, I know what water and hole to go to Atlanta, that by God. I know what we're going to do down here in Atlanta before the game. Yeah, well, guess what? You ain't in Atlanta, Bubba. You're out there with some hot blonde looking at you like you're trash. I'm going to tell you right now. It's all in the Horn Frogs' favor. And I'll take the Fort uh, 16 and a half. I'm going to bump it up to, and I think they're going to win. I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I cannot personally say anything bad about TCU anymore because I've done that every week that we've done this podcast, I believe. I've made a comment about TCU, and I'm done with it. I think Maybe I should say something bad about no, them no, so they'll continue uh, to, it's gonna come to down. Win. I think it's going to come down to it. And, dude, we haven't even talked about poor Ruggles. Uh, poor Ruggles. <laughs> I, I think mean, you did. That's that's what started dude, the transition. Let, let's talk about this kick for a minute. I'm a Bama fan. I can talk about kickers 
I have the uh, floor to talk about bad kickers. Okay, I lost to Tennessee on a bad kick. but I And I've lost plenty other ones with bad kickers. But I'm going to tell you right now, that was the worst kick I've ever seen. It was the worst kick Dude, in a big time. It was a great hold. It was 20 it was yards there. off of the field goal. But dude, like, it went wide. He like, looked nervous, and let's give Kirby credit. He iced him. He Don't forget about that timeout that he right. called. And that kicker, uh, 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 I, and, you know, he didn't put a lot on that last kick, but this one, he hit the turf. Watch the official's reaction awful. that were under the goalpost when that ball was kicked. They were already they looked leaving. At it and they just completely looked at each other, and they, they, it's like they stared at each other before they did this. It, it looked like, like the Texas A&M kick. Remember when they lost and they uh, – <laughs> I'm trying to think of who it was, too. Which, speaking but, of Texas A&M, um, I would like to congratulate them today oh, on their new offensive coordinator the man that will not die and one of the worst human beings to walk the face of the earth bobby petrino and he yeah he's coming in on his motorcycle right now buddy he's coming into town I, if there is with a like sidecar if i'm netflix hulu any streaming service amazon i'm approaching a&m and i'm like let me put cameras let me follow your yeah, season let's let do me hard do, knocks we oh need anything we can do to get these two people in the room together and dj durkin's down there also we get, you talk about <laughs> three people Dude, is there any way we get johnny manzel a strength and conditioning oh, coach buddy <laughs> nutritionist <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are you kidding me? Oh, this is going to be spectacular. But honestly, Luke I, I want to say this. Like, he is a terrible human being, but I think this is the perfect thing for him because he'll never be a good head coach again because no one will work with him on his coaching staff. But nobody ever said he couldn't coach offensive exactly, football. Exactly, man. Nobody ever said that. For all he has to do is sit up there and call the plays. Like, I think this could be dangerous for the rest of the SEC. Oh, I think it will be. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's not a bad if move. If him and Jimbo can swallow their pride and, and – and hold on. He was just hired by UNLV. He was. Like two right. weeks ago. Right. He wasn't even there for 20 days but yet. But, dude, Texas He was there for five days. Five days. Five days. Five days. You know okay, what I, I think? Weeks, you know what I yeah. think? That Jimbo might – what if Jimbo gets ends up getting fired? He'll slide right on into that job. Dude, no, he Texas won't, dude. A&M has all the no, money. Here's the problem they with have him. everything. More than anyone, more than Bama, more than Georgia. This was his downfall at Louisville, and it was no one would work with him on his staff. He had to hire all his like family members and like people right. that were inferior for the job, and that was that's what ruined him. But now, Okay, well, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I want to get into the other bowl games that went in, went on this uh, week. Right. And, uh, man, we had some great ones. And let me tell you something. That's what I want to get into. You cannot – what I want to do is, if you all don't mind, is I kind of went down through here and I, I, I put the bowl records down of each of, – of how they went. Uh, like you said, opt out, this, that, and the ma- – it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Well – they still kept score, so let's look at it. Um, let's start with the AAC, and they went four and three, respectable. And I went through and put the best bowl game, the best win of every conference that I thought was the best win. This is an easy one, guys. This is an easy one. Tulane forty-six. USC 45, Cotton Bowl. You're damn right I know what bowl it is. 
Uh, and that was probably what my, my favorite game. Oh my god! Like to watch what between was that you... and the Arkansas Kansas right, game, those right. two yeah. games yep. were the two best what games. Was I agree. USC thinking running the ball three I don't know. feet in the end zone on a handoff. I don't know at the in the fourth quarter to get a safety. I mean, dude, that was the game. All right, no, that so, was it. so what's our next records? Okay, that was the game. Great win, uh-huh. Tulane. By the way, LSU, shout out to you, too. Uh, hold on, sorry, wrong one. Uh, Brian Kelly, Okay, okay. Uh, no, ACC, uh-huh. a, rex, a, a respectable five and four. Okay. Okay, uh, pizza, no pizza party, though. Uh, I think that the best win there was something that uh, we have a loss from Tuna on this one. Duke UCF. Pitt 37, 18th non-ranked Pitt. Mm. Uh, number 18th ranked UCLA 35 in the Sun Bowl. See, uh, I disagree with that <laughs> I one. forgot how fun that game was, too. It was a fun Dude. game, but... Dorian Thompson uh, Robinson, Kelly when he got hurt special. and was banged up, that that changed that game it completely. Um, and Pitt, I don't Pitt know. Pitt had no business winning no, that game No, but Pitt, at Pitt, all. Pitt had a lot of young guys you never heard of before that didn't even contribute all year that were playing their butts off, and I loved watching that. Okay, happen. I respect so I, I, that. I, I liked watching that. But I'm going to say ACC's biggest win was probably Duke manhandling okay. UCF. I, uh, I um, have that written right yeah, here next so. to it, just in parentheses, because I agree with, I well, didn't think John Rice Pumley was going to play that day. He ended up playing. and No, exactly. No, you're right. Uh, he was a little banged up. He but was. Okay, the Pac-12, who everyone said, even I did at one point, am I right? If we look back on these podcasts, two and six. Maybe the best conference in the league. At least everybody thought they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, All I, I know, know is Washington won and covered. They Washington did. did win. <laughs> I still think the biggest win there is obviously TCU, but we do have the a Washington Penn State win. smacking Utah around was something I didn't. Well, hold really on, expect. we haven't gotten to that yet. Well, We're we did. We're talking Texas, to the Pac-12. Texas Tech beating a uh, full-fledged Ole Miss team was a pretty damn good win for the Big Twelve too. All right, uh, Big Ten five and four. Uh, and I would say Did we just combine the Pac-12 and the Big 12 together. No, the the Big 12 was think, two and six. Uh, okay. the, the Big 10 is five and four. OK. Uh, and yes, the best win for the Big 10 is obviously Penn State. Freddie won on that mm-hmm. uh, one his ninth win in a row on Penn State. Uh, beat Utah handily a young Penn State team. They will be ranked in the top four next year. Mark my words. Uh, of, co- of course, your, I will mark your words. Of course, Ohio State and Michigan bring the Big Ten to one and seven in CFP championship uh, semifinal games and final games. Okay, one and seven. I, folks. I think what we're all wanting to know is what did the SEC finish? Uh, I do do want to say there that Iowa had a nice twenty four nothing win and a twenty one nothing win. That game was terrible, time. and nobody should. We shouldn't even talk Just about that horrible. game. Like that game was terrible to that's, watch. There was nobody. Uh, that's was all we're going to say yeah, about that. Yeah, all right, drop so that game. Uh, we will go. Uh, let's skip Conference USA three and three. The MAC went four and two. Uh, Mountain West Air Force had a great win over Baylor. Pac-12 went three and three. Oregon State over Florida is easily that best win. I want to give a shout out before we get to the <laughs> Power Conference. 
to a great season by the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. You know, that coach came in there. They lost to Ohio State in the first game in a tight game, Mm -hmm. if you will. That coach came in as a rookie, pressure out the ass. And let me tell you something, dude. He goes in there and he beats one of the hottest SEC teams who came to play, by the way, the uh, South Carolina Gamecocks, beats them, damn near beat USC in a tough uh, match there towards the end. But Notre Dame had a great season, I think, uh, overall. They should be proud. And they're going to look good next year as well. Mm -hmm. All right, on to the SEC. Can I – well, I mean, it's easy what the best win was. It wasn't Georgia. It was Alabama. (laughs) Who dominated the Big 12 champion winner. Total domination. Proved that they could have gotten in, possibly. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm kidding. Look, here's the deal. I wanted to just get to that. Michigan, Ohio State, Mm -hmm. they deserved to be where they were, and they played lights out. I give them credit. No one else deserved to be in the CFP but the four teams that played in it. Okay. It, that the games were that good. You ain't got to tell me, buddy. I was the one sitting here for weeks advocating for Alabama to be in the Final Four. So can we give a shout out to Mike Leach, the Pirate, Mississippi State? What a great win uh, against Illinois. Travis had that pick. I did, and uh, Tuna thought that uh, they were going to get blown out. I did, and I just felt like there was no way that they were going to lose that ball game. Uh-huh. And how about what a wild finish? How about that game? Clock management, <laughs> Such a baby. Weird game. But 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 how about that game finishing with the uh, kind of the the Patriots mm. thing with the backwards passing. Absolutely. Yes. I believe the line was three and a half. Mm. Uh, they were winning by three until that happened. Yep. Everybody covers uh, that had it the other way. Pretty crazy stuff. I, I want to thank the Crimson they, Tide um, for a great. If you've seen the look on win. Will Rogers' face, he was not going to lose that game. Yeah. Will, Will oh, Rogers, no. Was, yeah. I mean, that kid was locked in. If I, I if you could see a kid's face, facial expression before you put money on, on football games, then I feel like that that would be a huge advantage. But I, I did shed a tear for the Crimson Tide because I do feel that we did not do Bryce Young. I, I feel like that some of the, the team did not that for to have that kind of talent and not win a championship is uh pretty uh, bad. It's what a lot it's of teams bad. deal with on a yearly basis. But uh I do think that they brought us right into the that game brought us right into the CFP that night and got everybody fired up and ready to go. And uh that was a great uh sugar bowl that led into the the uh CFP. I thought that was fun. Uh LSU give them a shout out. 63 to 7. Well, give them a shout out for beating a team that like nobody was playing in. I mean, yeah. well, if I give them a shout out for their sex party. They showed up. That actually turned. <laughs> that was to me, and I know I didn't mention this uh, uh-huh. in the podcast last week, but that was the game that I made the most money on gambling because live I, bet. I believe the spread was fourteen and a half. Fourteen and a half. And I, I, I said there's there's no possible way with all the guys that were missing. For the, Purdue, there was no chance. The only reason I didn't was because of all the news that came out about the LSU sex party with the coaches and Keyshawn Boutte. 
beforehand and that the, I think you're the only one that knows about this. I haven't heard anyone else talk about it. This is common knowledge. This is why Keyshawn or Keyshawn Booty is going pro. I now. haven't even heard Feinbaum talk about this. Well, Feinbaum's not going to talk about it. Well, but he knows everything about. I SEC. think there were several coaches that are, that are getting fired from this, and uh, Martin mentioned it the other day. Um, that that are, are are done with the program now. The recruiting coordinator, that that female chick, the on campus recruiting coordinator, she's gone, and um, Keyshawn Booty who declared for the NFL and then drastically decided, okay, or he said he's going to stay in college and then all of a sudden said he's going pro. It's because this information was leaked. And LSU but is basically like, you cannot come back Do we know that, that this actually happened? Or are we just reading message boards and going, we well, heard Rick that Patino this happened. This seems to be fairly <laughs> common knowledge. This is a 99.99% fact. All right. Well, I hadn't so, heard anything about that, but I'm going to say that whether or not they had uh, – what Tuna describes as a sex party or not, I knew that they were going to win uh, easily, and they did. And, uh, and that was Monday night, right? That yeah. was Monday, all day Monday was yeah. the LSU. Uh, yep. Freddie went 7-0 and well, that day. We're going to talk about that because uh, we are getting ready to wind this thing up. Man, it was a crazy week. We had so much to get to. We had some things that we didn't touch on that we had planned on, but we will get to that next week. I want to remind everybody that we are on social media on Twitter at BlockoutPod. That is at BlockoutPod. Uh, thank you to everybody that's continued to listen. Um, Freddie, I think you have some information on how we did with our official bets uh, in the last episode. Go ahead. Well, Travis uh, did hit on Mississippi State, even though he and I both crushed LSU on some live betting. Uh, I crushed Tulane on some live betting. Uh, Matt happened to lose on UCLA, which was something that he really loved. He loved that game. Well, it's obvious that I had the <laughs> IQ of an empty pickle jar. So. And uh, Freddie said, bet the house, the blood bank, the college funds on the Crimson Tide. And boy, did he ever. And so, thankfully, uh, those of you that lost uh, your child's college funds uh, the first time that Freddie told you to do that, Hopefully you made up and now you're uh, setting at even on your child's college funds. Right, right, yes. And, of course, I won on Penn State as well, uh, which was fantastic. Leading into that game, unfortunately, what happened in that game, I was so amped up. Uh, being 7-0 and on my bets on Monday all day leading into that game uh, in Cincinnati, and <laughs> it was just the ultimate... Uh, ugh. Just, uh, uh, is all I can say. Well, guys, uh, I Who think... Who do we got? I think that, that, uh, the three of us probably all agree, as does our, uh, guest picker, Colin, who is back from his vacation at a mansion in the Keys of Florida. Uh, I take TCU plus 12 and a half. Colin takes TCU plus 12 and a half. My special guaranteed bet of the week is to, I don't even know if this is possible, but I would take uh, the Colts and Texans to tie zero to zero. <laughs> okay. okay. In, 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 the, in the history of my watching the NFL, 
I'm not sure that there's ever been a game that's involved the Colts that I care about watching less than this one that's coming up this weekend. I agree. I don't believe that anyone's going to be watching that game, not even the players' wives. So let's bet 0-0 zero, zero on that okay. one. Okay. I'm with uh, you on that. Tuna, what do you have for us? All right, I'm going to mix it up here and say um, we're going to go prop bets this week. And um, oh, the prop, but here's the thing the prop numbers are not released yet, so I can't tell you an exact. All I can say is keep an eye out for uh, Patrick Mahomes needs 430 more passing yards to surpass Peyton Manning's uh, passing single season record. And I believe that Andy Reid's going to let Patrick Mahomes come out there and wing it against a soft um, L.A. Rams – or, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Las Vegas Raiders defense, secondary, everything. So, this game is going to be high scoring. I feel like Patrick Mahomes – I'm going to say that the the number is probably going to be somewhere around 320, and I feel like he easily covers that. And I'm also going to throw in a Travis Kelsey – anytime touchdown parlayed with that over oh. so because they if you look at the the Raiders have been tr- awful uh covering tight ends this season so I hope so because Kelsey hasn't scored a touchdown in a and while. he's due that that's what brings that on so we're, we're gonna go with that that's my you parlay those two together and I can't give you a number on the passing but we'll know by tomorrow evening can't love it, it. Freddie what do you and, have and you took TCU well, I'm with everybody on TC. This is okay. a universe. This is like the the Washington. Huskies. I'm committing this is a the tuna. Bet. We're yep. all in on this. I'm committing the tuna. No, I'm in. I might even take the money line. Unlike you, sissies. All right, I'm gonna go. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna definitely take the uh, TCU Georgia over. Okay. Um, and I'm going to go with the hottest, one of the hottest teams in football. I can't believe I'm doing this, but. I'm going with the Packers, folks, minus four and a half at home. Uh, Win and you're in playoffs. The Lions are also very hot. They're eight and one their last nine games against the spread. I love that. Which says, why am I doing that? Why am I doing that? I'll tell you why. Because the Packers D is playing way better. And uh, no matter what I feel about A-Rodge, I still think that the Packers are going to carry momentum into that game at home and win. I love it. Guys, uh, I want to thank everybody for listening again. uh, Just a quick reminder one more time. We are on Twitter at BlockoutPod. Oh, and uh, our guest picker, Colin, his second pick is to take uh, the Steelers minus two and a half against the Browns. So uh, put that down. What's been a relatively interesting last week of the uh, of uh, of sports is uh, coming to a close. We're really looking forward to uh, to the national championship game on Monday night. I'd like to shoot it around the horn for anybody that has uh, one more thing to say. Tuna, you got any closing thoughts? Um, I do not. I do. Atta boy. I want to say that the. Michigan-Ohio State game was the most watched game of the year in 2022, 22 million. It was also in the top 12 all time. And college football is alive and well, folks. The CFP is doing just fine. I would like more teams. It's going to be more fun. But if you've got 22 million watching the game on New Year's Eve, you're doing something right.
I would agree with that. And, uh, folks, we can't wait to uh, recap what is sure to be a very entertaining and very interesting national championship game on uh, Monday night. The NFL playoff picture will be clear uh, when we get back together. We thank everybody for listening, as always, from the Bill's Famous Cheese Spread Studios and the Downstairs Pub with the Tuna Country Matt Kempf and the fabulous one, Freddie Benders. My name is Travis Carter saying so long, everybody. Thank you.